Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, your host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. This is the 51st episode, and I'm really excited today because we have a guest on the show who's going to talk about something really completely different than anything I've talked about on the show before, and that topic is humor and laughter. And today we have on the show Julie Ostro. She's a humor, laughter, and improv coach. She's the American laughing champion. I kid you not. This is That's not even a joke. I'm completely serious. And she's second city trained uh, and teaches organizations and corporate teams how to use improv to improve creativity, communication, team building, and innovation with their clients and within their organizations. As a certified laughter yoga leader, she conducts humor and laughter workshops in which she teaches the benefits of using humor and laughter in all aspects of our lives, including in the workplace. Having more than 15 years of corporate experience as a marketing professional, professional, excuse me, Julie is able to identify the trigger points of miscommunication and low morale in the corporate culture by infusing her corporate experience with her humor, laughter, and improv tools. She is able to guide organizations to communication, connection, and creativity, resulting in re-inspired teams and increased productivity. And today we're going to talk about laughter, humor, and obviously laughter, yoga, and improv, and how you can use these tools in your life to really just have more humor and more joy, and that ultimately impacts your health and happiness and well-being. So, Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, David. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And how are you? I'm doing really well. I, I have to say that I'm more excited about this podcast than ma- many of them because I know there's going to be a, a lot of laughter and humor, and I thoroughly enjoy that. So thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. I wanted to start the podcast and ask you a question that I really ask all the guests I have on the show, and that is how did you get into your specific niche of of of, of laughter, essentially, how did that kind of uh, come into your life and be something that you pursued as a career? I do like that you said niche, David, because I believe that I've carved out my own niche from, in my own life. I always felt like I, you know, I marched to the beat of a different drum. I would say I didn't even use a drum. I use my own instruments. But through life, I was told that I was funny. I was told I should be on Saturday Night Live. I was told I had quick wit. But, you know, growing up and in junior high and high school and even in 20s, I didn't think that there was a value to making people laugh. So I didn't think that, well, I thought, well, if I can make people laugh, everybody can. But that's not the case. Not everyone can be an accountant. So uh, to answer your question, I eventually realized that what I have within me and who I am actually is of value to the world. And I'm not saying I opened up a book, one book, and came to that realization, one spiritual experience and came to that realization, but a series of uh, serendipitous spiritual experiences that uh, ultimately hit me over the head, saying, you are a gift, and, and thinking, you know what, people need this. I need this, this laughter and this humor. So I've incorporated everything that I've experienced into being a humor, laughter, and improv coach. Very cool. And that, that's cool how, like you said, it was a gradual evolution, really, and something that came about over time, and you discovered you are a gift, and that you have a gift, and that you know you can share that with the world and make that, part, make that your career. Uh, so wh- where did this journey start? Is, you know, humor, laughter, was there, did you jump into improv, or was it laughter yoga first? Where, what, what then? 
my first experience was training at the Second City in Chicago. And I was working for an association management firm. I was working in, in marketing communications. And one woman I worked with, Jennifer Bullock, I remember her name, remember who she is, I found her on Facebook too. And she said, you have the wit and sense of humor to, t- to be in improv. And being in my 20s, I couldn't afford the class. So she paid for the class and I paid her back when I could. I haven't forgotten that. I'm way beyond 23 years old, David, and I have never forgotten that she did that for me. And because she saw that light in me and even um, gave me that loan, you could say, for that first class for tuition, I then followed the passion of, of using improv, actually being in improv. I was in the Second City Conservatory program for three years. That's where I got my start. It's because Jennifer Bullock said, you should take these improv classes. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. Sometimes we just need that one person to give us a push, and we might not even know who that person is or where, where the person is going to come from. And I guess I'll add on to that. It's not your question, but I think it's important maybe for your audience to hear that to be open. You never know that when your gut tells you to go into Target first before you go into the grocery store, you never know. You might run into someone who's going to have an, uh, an impact on you. You just never know. So be open. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. There's been certain times in my life where I feel to go somewhere, or talk, even just talk to someone or you know, brighten someone's day and, and help them feel more humor or joy. And it, it's, it's an amazing, incredible experience when you just follow your gut. And I think, you know, your, your gut is where laughter is the, it's the source of laughter. So there's got to be more to that. There's maybe a connection here we'll discover on this, on this podcast. Um, oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because the, there's a lot of links between brain health and gut health as well. And they're, they're finding more of that as time goes on as well. Um, so, okay, so improv was kind of the start. Uh, I wanted to ask you and to kind of start and really paint a picture of the value of laughter and humor and just having a bubbly spirit and a joyous attitude towards life. What are, what are the different really tangible health effects that you, you've found and in, in either from you know, either scientific research or that you've just seen firsthand with clients or people that you've worked with? that you've seen in people's lives that laughter has really just helped them in, in any way, whether it be mental health uh, or they're, you know, uh, they're having some sort of physical pain or it, whatever it may be. What are the kind of benefits you've seen or heard and, and uh, been a part of it with, as part of the laughter community? Sure. I'm a part of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, A-A-T-H dot O-R-G. And as a result of being a part of that organization for about seven years, I have been open to, and I've received a lot of information about the healing and humor connection. In fact, um, one doctor even saying that he had done a study of two different heart patients. One group did, um, did watch humorous videos, read funny books before and after the surgery, whereas the other group did not, the placebo group, so to speak. And the, the group that watched and, and read humorous, um, humorous documentation, documentation that sounds boring, and watched humorous <laughs> films, um, they healed twice as fast. So there's fact there. 
um, someone else I know in the laughter community had been on an antidepressant for a number of years. She found laughter yoga. She laughs for at least 10 minutes every day. And after a number of, of years, she and her doctor decided she no longer needs to have her antidepressant medication. Very now, I don't know if it was two years, three years, or five, and I also want to say, don't just go off of your meds because you're listening to this podcast, but just know that the, I believe that laughter and joy and mirth and happiness can attribute to your overall holistic well-being. And that individual, so I just want to emphasize, don't go firing your doctors or take, get, get yourself off meds because of this one podcast. I guess that's my disclaimer there, David. Make sure. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and, and I will add to that. This program is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And doing so is at your own risk, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we are not held responsible, either of these two parties. So <laughs> we're safe. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so uh, recovering faster and, and, you know, there there's different stories uh, of, you know, kind of healing and, and overall health and well-being. And this is kind of interesting, too. I, I'd like to add this to this, this conversation. Dis-ease is, it's, it's two words, it's dis-ease. You know, the body, when it's at ease, when we're laughing and, and engaging in humor, we're at ease, you know, being peaceful, harmonious. Uh, and when we're it, when we have dis-ease or disharmony within the body, uh, that's typically you know stagnation and and uh, lack of free-flowing positive energy, otherwise known as humor. So uh, it really does make sense that you know when you feel better, you feel better. You know, it, it, when you feel better on a mental or spiritual level, you feel better on a physical level as well. Uh, are there any other uh, benefits or any like research that you've heard that and it improves other areas of of health and well-being as well? Yes, I've I've heard in a few different laughter and humor circles that the when you laugh it reduces the stress hormone cortisol, which I've also learned affects your short term memory. So when you're stressed, your short term memory is affected. And then when you're laughing, that cortisol is reduced. So does that mean then that when you have more laughter in your life, your memory is better? Then that links me to people in the association who are not only researchers but educators. Studies have shown that children are able to absorb knowledge and information better when humor is allowed in the classroom. Healthy humor, you know, no, um, no insults. But there's, there's that connection there. Also, back to what's going on in the brain, that there is an increase of those happy hormones. Also, um, uh, dopamine the body's natural dopamine is released when we're laughing. So um, studies have shown, a couple groups have heard that they have laughter sessions for people who are recovering from um, addiction. Uh, Albert Nuremberg, who is the founder of the Laughing Championships, he also, he works with um, drug addicts and he leads laughter sessions with them. And he has, he's told me that when the group has laughter sessions, they have less of a um, relapse is not the word, David, but um, withdrawal. Less of a withdrawal when they're laughing because they're depriving their, themselves of that artificial drug, but then when they laugh, their body releases that the natural drug, dopamine, and they're able to sustain, sustain that even longer. Right. 
So it's 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 really a great brain chemistry balancer, if you will. Right. Exactly. Um, one thing I wanted to mention to you when or uh, respond to you when you said dis-ease and disharmony that when I heard you say that I heard music I heard that you know in my mind I'm thinking that laughter is really music to my ears and it's it brings people together brings harmony so not only disharmony when we're not content it's it when we're discontent um, we're not connecting with other people and and it's important to connect with others and have a sense of community to uh, contribute to feeling like we have uh, a value in life. Mm -hmm. I'm going way off the laughter spectrum, but you can see that laughter and, and having a happy life affect so many aspects of our lives. No, no, that's that's completely, that's good because it's, I want to see every leaf on the tree, you know, I want to understand that on that, that level of depth and this, you know, the the... The Healthy, Wild, and Free community is a really mind, body, spirit-based community, so seeing the full picture is very, very valuable. And that does make a lot of sense, you know, community, connection, uh, having that sense of value, love, and fulfillment uh, does stem from, from laughter and, and that, that humorous connection, if you will. Um, so, wow, there's more. It, it gets The picture gets bigger and bigger as, as we uh, kind of dive into the details. Uh, is there are there any other uh, you mentioned was it was it heart surgery that you mentioned? That, was it what? Was it heart surgery you mentioned that the recovery was quicker? Yes, that's a, a study that I had heard of. Um, also, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And, and then uh, so is there because I've heard things uh, and uh, heart health is actually improved as well. Um, you know the like the blood flow or circulation or something with laughter is that is that kind of mm -hmm. have you heard that before that could probably that yes that could be contributing to it also that since laughter is considered a form of exercise it it gets the blood flowing and you just mentioned that it also you know laughter oxygenates the blood so when there's blood flow there's that organ is usually healthy. I know that's a very simplistic way to say it. I also say I'm not a doctor, but this right. is information that I've, you know, uh, received from, you know, AATH and other people I've talked to. Right. Very cool. So, so uh, laughter yoga. When what, what exactly is laughter yoga? I've seen and just to preface that question, I think I discovered laughter yoga on uh, YouTube maybe like four years ago, and I saw a video of laughter yoga. And at that time in my life, I wasn't too, I would say, spiritually engaged. So I just saw it and I was like, huh, okay. And I just kind of thought it was interesting, odd, but cool and made me curious at the same time. Now I would jump in full force and, you know, experience laughter yoga at its most intricate levels, whatever that means. But what is laughter yoga and what, 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 what does that look like? What does that entail? So laughter yoga is laughing for no reason, and then laughing for real. Okay. The whole belief is that even fake laughter has the same benefits as real laughter. And it was created by a doctor in Mumbai, India in 95, Dr. Madan Kataria. And maybe you've seen one of his videos, or maybe you see, saw a video of John Cleese, John Cleese laughing. Through uh, laughter yoga? I don't think so. No, I think it was just someone in America that, yeah. 
Um, so he had, so he started, uh, Dr. Kataria started Laughter Yoga in 95, first started out as a joke club, but then after two weeks, they ran out of jokes, and as I understand it, they <laughs> ran out of jokes, and, and, and they, who knows, maybe they became crazy jokes, I'm like, okay, let's not offend anybody, right. and then, so, well, let, let's try just laughing for no reason, and as right. a result, he he travels worldwide, speaks to different groups, conducts training. Um, I know some people who have trained directly under him. I, uh, I train uh, indirectly under him. But now there are about 7,000 laughter yoga groups worldwide. There are laughter wow. yoga conferences, and there are also laughter uh, yoga leaders who attend the AATH conferences every year, too. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So it started on on creating a joke club, and they ran out of jokes. Very. That's that's a that's a funny story. Uh, <laughs> very very uh, uh, interesting. So so you said fake laughter. It it. So when if I were to go to laughter yoga, it, I would literally just start laughing for no reason, essentially. Correct. Right. Do you want to try some of it now? Why not? I'm totally open to it. <laughs> so. What it wanted, I want whoa, whoa, can you edit that stuttering out? Probably not. Just to show <laughs> I think everyone it's funny, listening. I should leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so trying to just start listening, I, laughing, I can't even talk. Um, so one thing to keep in mind when you are participating in laughter exercises is to breathe. So okay. let's do this. Breathe in through your nose and exhale. Let's do that just, uh, let's do that twice. Okay. Okay. One more time. Now this third di time, David, let's breathe in through our nose, and then when we exhale, instead of exhaling with a breath, let's exhale with ha, 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 until we're out of breath. All right. Okay, ready? Inhale. Whenever I do laugh, I get warm. I was just going to say, I'm wearing a jacket, but I need to take it off because it's hot. <laughs> yes. Wow. So and I have to admit, I didn't exhale all the way. So you might have heard that I stopped and then I started laughing again. Right. It's because that first laugh, I exhaled as much as I could, and then my body remembered the laughter, so I just started laughing normally. So when you, yeah, so what I find, David, when I laugh, the more I laugh, the more my body remembers. And um, I'd love to share the stories of when I lead laughter sessions at senior communities. Yes, I would it, love that. So I, I, I feel that of all the audiences that I laugh with and present to who need the most connection are those in the senior community. 
I don't know how much they get visited, but when I laugh with them, they are so incredibly present. They are so incredibly grateful. Some of them, a handful of them, look at me like I am crazy. And they even, when I start explaining, what we're going to be doing is laughing for no reason, and it's possible you are going to laugh for real. When was the last time you really laughed so hard that you fell over in your chair? And they usually look at each other and smirk. And, and, and I said, this time, it's okay for you to laugh in public. And maybe when you were kids, you were told either by the nuns, lots of nods in this area, in um, some Catholic um, communities in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. so a lot of nods, uh-huh. And teachers told you maybe not to laugh in class. Mm-hmm. So they have this look like I'm the teacher, and they don't want to get in trouble. And I said, so one of the rules of doing fake laughter is fake it with enthusiasm. And, of course, some funny smirks, of course. But at first, they're hesitant. And a couple of them have said, well, I don't want to be admitted to the loony bin. And I said, if you're admitted to the loony bin, I'm coming with you. And then we all start laughing. I'm giving them permission. It seems odd to say I'm giving these adults, uh, these senior citizens and um, adults I should respect, I am giving them permission to be themselves. They are the happiest. Then at the end I say it's possible that after laughing for 45 or 50 minutes that you might have thought of a, a humorous or funny experience that you hadn't thought of in years. And you're more than welcome to share this story now hands go up, some people shrink back in their chairs, oh, Mary Frances, you look like you're ready to share a story, and she'll say, oh, I don't know if I can share that. I said, well, are you worried worried about the police showing up? Oh, no, they were there. (laughs) So then we all start laughing. My point is that a a couple things, that I am laughing with the senior communities, and I'm giving them permission to just be silly. They don't have to be the mom, the grandmother. They don't have to worry about what meds they have to take for that hour. And there has got to be a connection between um, memory and laughing, like we touched on briefly, that because that when we're laughing, we're able to share stories that we hadn't even thought of in years. So there's, you know, back to the, maybe it's that cortisol, the reduction of the cortisol and that being if there's more cortisol, it affects our short-term memory. Or it's fascinating and so enlightening, and, and it, it brings harmony. It, it really brings harmony to people. Mm-hmm. That sounds like such an enriching experience to, to do that in a, in a senior home and, and to just see that sense of community strengthen. And, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that, too, because there's, you know, there's a lot of not only laughter but emotions or thing, uh, feelings or whatever it may be that are suppressed and not expressed because of, you know, we're told to, you know, be quiet or, you know, don't speak or don't laugh or, you know, whatever it may be, don't cry or whatever it is, you know, it's like there is so much of that uh, entrainment within uh, society that uh, fully, truly expressing your truest self is is very rare, and that's why I admire the work that you do, and I find it so valuable because you're you're opening people up, you're opening their uh, their humorous, uh, playful, childlike spirit. Um, so when you when you work with 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 uh, with senior citizens and in senior homes, 
or anything really, I guess it could apply to anything. Uh, what, what are some of the kind of like practices or uh, tools or techniques that you use to, to open people up? I know you mentioned a little bit like asking questions and kind of prying slightly, but not, you know, to the point where it's like, oh, they, they kind of have to share now. Uh, but beyond that, what, what different tools and practices or do you use in your personal life to just inspire more laughter internally as well? Because obviously laughter can come from outside of ourselves and we kind of catch the laughter or we can kind of inspire and create that within ourselves. And I think both, both uh, avenues are valuable because at any given time we may need both. Uh, so what different tools and practices, uh, sorry, it's a long question. <laughs> what different tools, okay. what different tools? I'm listening. I'm, I'm hearing you out. I'm, <laughs> yep. Well, um, I would say so the first part of your question about the tools for the senior community, number one is being present. And that is actually the only thing that I really need to go into the senior homes with. If I'm myself and I'm present, and when I laugh with with them and face-to-face, and at first they're not laughing, I just start laughing, they start laughing. So my laugh, my being present, and eye contact are, are what make me um, be present with them. And most importantly, I, I arrange the room in a circle. If the room is set up before I get there and I see it's set up like a lecture, I move those so it's a circle. So already when they sit in, in, in the circle, they feel connected and part of a group. They're not being talked at and I walk around the room and the, the eye contact. Um, as, as far as my life, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I've been honest at this point, too, so I'll continue to be honest and say I can, be, I can get wound up pretty tight. Because, and pe- people who are close to me will say, yeah, you can. And, and I'm so grateful for my close friends who can say, like, including my fiancé, who said, why don't you practice that laughter thing that you do? I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're right. <laughs> I'm not, like... This particular day, I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. So we were sitting in the family room. I started just laughing, and he did. We just went, ha, 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 And then I had the best nap ever after that. I said, who knows, David? Maybe I fell asleep as I was, So, and practicing what I preach. So when I get in the throes of, being really stressed, I am so grateful for the people around me who can remind me that what I am doing and what I am about um, is what I have to stick to, you know, reminding me to laugh. But when I, and then when I go out in public, I, even just going, going to the store, I make eye contact with people, I find things that are humorous that some people don't, but the fact that I'm trying to find humor in it, people appreciate and that's awesome yeah talk talk a bit about that because that's something that uh, i feel like my whole life that's something i've i've been very keen to and something that's valuable how do you find humor in how do you how do you do that like how can you do that easily or more simply and and how can someone listening and engage in that in their own lives to to actually find more humor internally well one of my sisters um had growing up would say how do you it that way. So I always had, it seemed to me, a quirky way of looking at life, just a quirky way of looking at something. 
And when I was at Second City, that that um, thought process was, was encouraged. So they would say, don't do exactly what everyone is expecting. So if someone gives you a suggestion, someone from the audience says chicken hot, don't think of it just as like a, like a fast food restaurant, which it might be. Think of a bunch of act like a chicken in a chicken hut. Mm-hmm. So, but back to every day. A um, number of years ago, I, I waited tables, and I would try. I only did it for a short period of time, just to meet people in the neighborhood, by the way. That's, I'm not really that good at it. But I did try my humor almost every night, and sometimes it would take, sometimes it wouldn't. So I'm bringing a salad over to a couple. They want to share the the salad. So I set the salad down in front of one person, and then I hand the other person an empty plate. I point to the empty plate, and I said, this one is going to taste a little bland at first. (laughs) And they, I thank thank you for chuckling, but they just looked at me, and they had no idea what I was saying, and so... But I walked back to the kitchen and I was laughing. <laughs> so, so sometimes I want to get a rise out of people. I want to get a laughter rise out of people. But if I don't, right. I still laugh. So right. I, it's still, worth I it win. Still. It's worth it. And, and I win and, either way. <laughs> right. And if you're slow like me, I was thinking about that. And I was like, what does she mean? Oh, okay. I get the so, joke yeah. last most times. It's 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 very odd because I see things very humorous, but I get the joke last most times. I don't understand that connection, but um, but yeah. So so you're say, you're saying really just where you're at, practice in that environment, use that environment in a way to develop and cultivate that 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 humorous sense. Yeah, and to say it even more simply, David, is I play. Mm-hmm. Like wherever I am, I play. And it can start out just with a friendly smile or saying something. Whenever we go to uh, Texas Roadhouse, there's a sign on the outside that says, uh, peanut allergy alert. We have peanuts all over the floor. So I go to the hostess stand and I say, yes, uh, you know, table for two. I'm highly allergic to peanuts. And first couple times, they were mortified. First time I did it, they didn't bite. So guess what? Fourth time I went just recently, they bit because they just look really stunned. Right. And I said, "Oh, I'm just kidding." Like I can't. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't, to, just... you don't take yourself too seriously, and and you're helping other people not take themselves as seriously as well, which is important. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Very cool. So okay, so uh, you've used tools like. Uh, laughter yoga improv um working in senior communities that's very interesting and i i like that you share that you you create a circle and i that that makes so much sense because then they all see each other they feel the the energy of the laughter they it's it's an experience not a not a lecture it's a different it's a different environment if you will even though it's the same environment um so Yes, and they all feel important. Everyone, because it's a circle. It's a half a circle, because if it was, I was thinking if it was a full circle, then I'd have my back to them. But a half circle, and no one is in front of anybody else. So even when people come in late, so we can make a little bit of room. So I help move wheelchairs or help them scoot just a little bit, just enough to let the person in. Right. Wow. Making them feel a part. Really smart and strategic. Props for that. I didn't. It's like 
that's like next level not lecturing but experiential educating slash laughing uh, that's very, very cool and very, uh, very interesting. I'm gonna keep that in my noggin for the future. Um, so, <laughs> so you use all these different tools, and you you go into, like you said, senior centers. You go into, uh, you go into corporations and, and, and businesses as well, correct? I do, I do. So, in an environment where people work together, and I mean, this is something that's kind of interesting. I think can probably be be applied to you know families and, and other environments as well, where people kind of work and exist together in an environment. Uh, does it change in that environment where people work together as opposed to kind of living together? You mean what is the difference between using these tools with in business and personal life? Right, or or for example, uh, like in the in the senior homes, people you know they just live together. They don't really create products or services or whatever. Uh, and whereas in corporations, it's, it differs. Does that do, does your approach change at all to to create more laughter and humor? Oh, okay. So I think I think one thing to keep in mind is my goal. When I my goal for presenting a laughter session and laughing with people in the senior community is simply to connect with them and make them laugh. So that's my end goal. So mm -hmm. when I get, when I have that goal in mind, I know how to structure my, my sessions, just like I described. The circle, the eye contact, the laughing, everyone is of value, and they can participate at their level. For businesses, ultimately, they want to be more productive. They need to be more productive. So when they call me and, and have me come in, they first tell me what their problems are. And I go in and I assess them by using improv tools. Assess meaning um, we participate in improv exercises, and as a result, I find that there's a disconnect amongst the team. In addition to what I got from the team leader and feedback from uh, surveys that I sent out in advance, but most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, the main issue of a department or a corporation uh, lacking in, in productivity and, and having low morale is the lack of communication. But the one thing, that's the lack of communication. Because when there is a lack of communication amongst team members or even from a manager down to a, a subordinate, the person who is excluded from the communication is feeling disrespected and cannot trust the other people in the group or his or her manager. And then, because there's a low, low morale and then the miscommunication or lack of communication perpetuates, and that ultimately leads to people not caring about where they work, just going in for a paycheck, and then ultimately low productivity so how because how are you going to get um, productivity out of people who really don't care to be where they are right now right not much no and that might have been a very long answer <laughs> but it's it's not as so it's using improv exercises to get to the heart of the matter and mostly the heart of the matter is lack of communication right interesting so have you seen, you know, within the work that you do, it, it, there's so many, to just kind of zoom out for a minute, there's so many 
benefits of laughter. I mean, we talked about community, harmony, uh, tangible uh, health benefits, you know, whether it be circulation or reducing stress, brain chemistry, things like that. Uh, are there, and it seems like too, really, I mean, when it comes to organizations, uh, it creates an, a more open line of communication. Uh, have you seen or worked with any couples where they've used kind of laughter therapy or laughter yoga to improve the relationship at all? I haven't, but it's really interesting that you asked that question, David, because in the last team building sessions that I led for an organization, two women who were partnered up after they got back to the group and shared what they learned both said, we think we should be teaching this, uh, you should come in and teach this to our husbands. Hmm. Because one thing, I, I was on Milwaukee um, TV yesterday on October 8th, and that interview was um, is on themorningblend.com, where I was talking about using improv for conflict resolution. And one of the hosts, Molly or Tiffany on the show, asked me, what about if you're in a, a disagreement with your spouse and he says no all the time, how do you handle that? So I think it's interesting that you asked that question and we just addressed that yesterday in an interview. And to to work with couples, I think the most important thing is that communication part. But this time, it's it's being heard. So if I'm going to share something with my fiancé, I just need him to hear me out before he says no, but instead listen and, and what we like to do for each other is, you know what, I hear you're saying that, but I'm not quite sure I agree with that. And I have, I have to realize that, okay, his opinion is different, but as long as we listen to each other and show respect, we can um, build an even stronger relationship. I know it sounds utopian, but it's really that simple. Right, no, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it makes sense. I mean, it, everyone wants to be heard, and, and being heard is really just being loved. I mean, if you're not heard, it, you feel unloved and unappreciated. So it's a deeper emotional uh, connection that we need that this this opens up that doorway uh, so that's that's interesting that's really cool I'll have to uh, I still have to watch that video I, I definitely will uh, and hopefully maybe I can embed that on the website as well to share with with the listeners uh, so in terms of, of really just integrating it integrating humor and laughter and and, and this kind of, these practices into our lives individually uh, laughter yoga is one practice, but it seems like laughter yoga is still kind of not not too mainstream. I mean, you, you said there was 7,000 centers, but I, it's, is, is it really that common yet? Because it seems like I don't, as far as I know, I can't go to laughter yoga anywhere too close to me, but maybe I'm wrong. No, and I'm going to, no, and I'm, I'm finding it is not mainstream. Because when I won the laughing championship last year, for almost... For a little over a year, and almost everywhere I went, I brought my trophy with me. And I would show people, they would say, oh, wow, what a beautiful trophy. What did you win? I would turn the trophy around to them, David, and they would see Best Laugher in America. <laughs> and just when, they, just when they saw that, they started laughing. Right. And they had no idea what laughing championships were. Cause that, that's fairly new on the map, just the last mm -hmm. four years or so. I won last year, but... Um, it was the first time he came to America was last year. But they, and I said, oh, have you ever heard of laughing for no reason? Laughter therapy, laughter yoga? No, not at all. Oh, well, we should. So I learned when walking around with that trophy that it isn't mainstream. 
And what I loved about walking around the trophy is it wasn't, oh, look at me, I'm the winner. It's, look at me, let's laugh. And the best part about that, David, is that when I would walk away from people, they were still laughing, and then they would talk to the people they were with, such as, and they would say things like, hey, Herb, when was the last time we laughed so hard that our sides hurt? Oh, gosh, I don't know, Mary. Wow. And then they start la- they continue to laugh. So that's why I think that the, anything that we can do to be laughter uh, ambassadors or to be uh, catalysts for people to find joy, whatever it takes, you know, as long as it's healthy, you know, as long as we're not laughing at people, that's the right. key. Right, right. I agree completely. Yeah. So, with with the American Laughing uh, Championship, can you talk about what 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 is that and what uh, how what does that entail? I mean, how do you win a trophy? Did you have the you had the best laughter in America then? Yes. So last year's competition was the first one in the United States, and as I mentioned, Albert Nuremberg created this, um, and he introduced it to the AATH, the conference last year. And I signed up at the last minute, and after I did, I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? This is crazy. But it, what was so fun about it is I think that was one of the first times in my life that I did not care what anybody thought of me. That's beautiful. The, you know, and we're talking about health, so mm-hmm. it's possible that you and your listeners are keenly aware of meditation, mm-hmm. right? For sure. When I was laughing so hard, I was in a euphoric state. I was in a meditative state. And I felt like the room went away. And I didn't care if my shirt came untucked or if one pant leg was higher than the other. I honestly did not concern myself with how I looked because I was in pure and utter joy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to talk about when I talk about the Latin Championships. Because it... Yes, we had a series of did a series of laughs, the snort laugh, the diabolical laugh, and the the a laugh off. Um, but for me, it was so much more than that. And some people might look at the trophy and say, "Oh gosh, I don't believe in laughing for a competition." But I, it was for me. I found that one time that I didn't care what anybody thought, and I found I found my laughter bliss. And I want other people to know that you you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can have that. You don't need a trophy to have it. Sounds like a good book title, Find Your Laughter Bliss, or something along those lines. Hey, as a matter of, thank you. As a matter of fact, one of my constant contact mailings was Find Your Bliss. And all about, and laughter, laughter bliss overall. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm writing that down, and that's my book title. Thank you very much. <laughs> so cool. Uh, and if I, I will definitely promote that book because I have to now. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, obligated to, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the the championship you 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 laugh your way to the top. Essentially, is that anyone can join this this competition? Well, the then the that was last year. This mm-hmm. year, the second American Laughing Championships were held in Atlanta in May, and and honestly, I don't know, I I think they're planning some more in Canada for this coming year, but honestly, I, I don't know if there is one scheduled for the United States again, mm-hmm. but if, if there is, I'll post it on my Facebook page and my website. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that, that sounds interesting. 
So uh, I have a few final questions for you, and uh, one of them is, you know, there's so many tools for laughter, and, and we talked about, we covered a wide range and a lot of interesting perspectives. Uh, are there anything, any specific practices that, you, you know, like you said, you need to practice what you preach more, and I think we, we could all do that to, you know, we all are becoming hopefully better at practicing what we preach. But are there any tools in your life, whether even if it's just like a mobile app, like a joke website, or any kind of tools or resources that uh, add value to your life and, and create more humor in your, in your life that you would recommend to the listeners? That's a good question. Um, for, for resources, for some laughter resources and um, book recommendations, you can go to aath.org. And I trained in the American School of Laughter Yoga with Sebastian Jandry, G-E-N-D-L-Y. And I believe his website is American School, AmericanYogaSchool.com. But um, I apologize, I don't have that exact URL, David. But if, if you look up the American School of Laughter Yoga. Okay. Also, Madan Kataria, M-D-A-N. Last name K A T A R I A. Okay. Awesome. For that information, and for me, my tool, if I can you know, remind myself, is just to really find the funny and mm -hmm. try to take myself less seriously. Mm -hmm. If you can't get to a website, just practice that. Right. Just always look on the bright side of life. That's good. I love it. Uh, so, and, and that's your website too, right? Findthefunny.com? It is gofindthefunny.com. Gofindthefunny.com. Okay. Uh, so I will link that up in the show notes along with those uh, other resources. Uh, the final question I have for you, and this is a question I ask all of the guests on the show, and that question is, what are three tips you would give to the listeners to live a healthy, wild, and free life? And this can be anything in regards to mind, body, or spirit, health, and well-being. When you feel stressed, know that it's not permanent. And there are tools out there, whether it's meditation or laughter or taking a walk or spending time with a friend. And one thing I need to keep reminding myself is don't take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. I believe that was two because I think I had some bullet points and I feel so much better when I when I incorporate a group fitness class into my regimen so I, I go to workout class every Monday and Wednesday Friday morning with the same group of people and the trainer and I built a sense of community and I'm challenged physically in the class mm-hmm very cool. Awesome. Community, sense of community and your routine. Know that stress is temporary. And what was the third one again? I'm sorry. Don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. I can work on that myself. I'm sure we all can. Thank you so much for your time, Julie. I really appreciate your time and value you brought to this interview. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from it. Uh, once again, what's your website and social media profiles so our listeners can find you online? Yeah, my website is go find the funny.com and you can find me on Facebook Julie Ostro's find the funny enterprises I can also be found on Twitter 
Twitter at at Julie Ostro. That's J-U-L-I-E-O-S as in Sam, T as in Tom, R-O-W. Awesome. And I will also include your uh, your video of the, the championship, of your of your laugh, uh, for the whole world to see with this interview so they can, <laughs> they, they can laugh uh, and enjoy the laughter uh, that you uh, sparked in, in your uh, competition. So uh, once again, thank you so much for your time and value and uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to that book coming out. I'm, I'm expecting something great. Oh, very good. Thank you so much for everything, David. Great talking to you. You're welcome. Great talking to you too as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.